Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Tuesday, May 5. Revenge of the Fifth for the Star Wars fans playing along at home. Uh, I'm Mark Harding, content and brand manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Joining me today are Head of Trade Books, Joe Lowen. Hello, Joe. Hey, Mark. And we're also joined by Category Manager for Fiction, Ben Hunter. Hello, Ben. I'm good. How are you, Mark? Uh, not bad. Uh, happy to be back here um, in the in the reins, holding the reins of the podcast for for another day. Uh, so let, let's get into it. Uh, Joe, what have you brought for us today? Um, I have finally read a book that I read to Ben's heart uh, by Laura Jean Mackay or McKay. Um, and Ben, what's it called? The animals in that country. <laughs> Yes, I am reading a book by Laura Jean McKay called The Animals in That Country, uh, which I know is one that's really close to Ben's heart. Uh, it's a really, really fascinating story that's quite um, relevant to everything that's happening today because it's all about um, Australia in the grips of an epidemic. Um, and, but this epidemic uh, causes a flu-like disease that, has a side effect where you can understand what animals are saying. So, you know, has a bit of an upside in comparison to COVID, but very, um, yeah, very timely and completely and utterly bonkers, I would say, Ben. This book is crazy. I would agree about the craziness and the uh, other things you said as well. (laughs) I've got a couple of questions about this book because it has it, it has been mentioned a few times um, and people are absolutely loving it. Um, and I've actually been assigned it for my book club for next month, uh, so I'm about to start reading it oh, as well. Please. But um, is, is it is it kind of comical or does it have a humorous element to it? Because it feels like it could lend itself to that in kind of a Doolittle kind of fashion. <laughs> uh, it it does. Uh, it's it's. Uh... There, imagine Doctor Doolittle meets Mad Max. <laughs> there's like there's like a post-apocalyptic uh, uh, road trip element to this book, um, but there is there is some comedy in the animal stuff. But the the best comedy actually comes from the character herself. Um, this this grandma who works in an animal sort of sanctuary in in far north Queensland who ends up on this uh, wild road trip with a dingo as um, her companion uh, on a sort on a of mad journey to try and uh, get back her granddaughter. Uh, the, the comedy is all in her. She's, she's hard drinking. She, she likes to say it how, how things are. Um, she's not afraid to use foul language and she's not afraid to do foul things, um, which is just completely at odds with, you know, the kind of character you'd expect, uh, to maybe you know work in an animal sanctuary and and be a grandmother. <laughs> yeah, she's um she's she's rough as guts is uh, is Jane Bennett. Um, you know she's one of those kind of um you know weathered uh you know school of life kind of grandmothers uh, that I think uh, she's she's just a fascinating she's a fascinating character. She yeah. wouldn't be. She wouldn't be a million. Um, she wouldn't be completely out of place 
um, in an episode of Tiger King, if there was an Australian Tiger King park, um, I reckon she would work there, definitely. Yes, yes. I think the place she works is very Tremonga Zoo, but she, she brings in that Tiger King element. She does, yeah. Dingo Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've got, um, uh, I believe on the schedule, we've got a podcast episode coming up with Laurie Jean McKay where we're going to get an opportunity to have a really great discussion about this book and ask her all of those uh, really interesting, fascinating questions that we have about it. Uh, so that'll be something exciting to, to listen out for coming up soon. Um, ben, what have you brought for us today? Mark, I've had a weird weekend of reading where I've um, done this thing that booksellers are meant to do um, to try and cover their bases that I'm I'm atrocious at doing, which is um, sampling. <laughs> um, uh, so I've, I've been reading a few different things um, and, and just little little snippets. Um, uh, uh, top of the list is um, Jesse 2. Uh, a Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing. It is uh, a young Australian author uh, who has written this, this uh Sex addicted classical musician character. <laughs> um, wow. It's kind of um, uh, millennial comedy, um, but uh, kind of intelligent and moving at the same time package that's, uh, you know, geared to um, appeal to um, people who love normal people. Um, so it's about being a child prodigy, it's about um, facing personal demons. Um, and there's a lot of sex, and it's actually quite funny. Um, so that's 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 really interesting. Um, uh, another one I've been reading more of is um, where is it? Oh, um, a room made of leaves um, by Kate Grenville. Um, historical um, novel, new Kate Grenville, very exciting. Um, Going to be coming out later in the year, and it is about um, Elizabeth MacArthur. Um, of if anyone went to school in New South Wales, you might have gone on a school excursion to a place called Elizabeth Farm. Uh, she was the wife of a um, uh, sort of founding um, wool baron, uh, Mr John MacArthur, who's quite a notorious character of history. Um, and this is a kind of tongue-in-cheek female perspective on um, Australia's uh, colonial past. Um, another one I've been reading a bit more of is Vesper Flights by Helen MacDonald, um, the author of Hitches for Hawk. Um, I, I've talked about this on a previous episode, I think. It's a collection of essays about natural history and about being a bird fanatic and about how that intersects with history and life and all these wonderful things. Um, it's incredible. So I've been reading about um, how um, memorations of birds affect human psychology and how people can't comprehend um, you know, mass gatherings of different species and how it obliterates our minds and how we fascinatingly react to them. Um, so that was just awesome once again. Um, and something I dipped into a little bit last night, and I think I'm going to finally commit to it and, and read it this week um, because it's been on the list for a long, long time. It's a, it's a book that's very close to a lot of people's hearts, I know. Uh, it's a book called My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfei. Oh, um, yay. You've read this one, haven't you, read, haven't you, Joe? I love that book. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I was was hooked pretty much from the first couple of pages. 
it's such a weird and wonderful book. Um, I know it's being adapted by for, uh, for television as well, which is going to be really interesting to see how they adapt a book about just basically sleeping for a year. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating read. It's a book about doing absolutely nothing and yet you absolutely cannot uh, stop reading it. Riveting. <laughs> yeah. Um, would you, Coming soon, watching grass grow. <laughs> would, you, would you put this in um, the camp of uh, books, novels that are timely reads for COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because I mean, yeah. I think we're all uh, we're all relearning how to kind of take life a little bit slower and spend time with our own thoughts. Um, yes. And you know, this this book is really all about that. It's all about like letting the rat race pass you by and just saying um, to just be myself, to not even not even read, not even watch TV, but just like just be, just exist. Yes. Although I um, feel like the, the COVID-19 version should be my year of rest and existential dread and ongoing anxiety. <laughs> or is that just me? There's a, there's a bit of that in this book as well. <laughs> it's been my decade to, um, to present. Um, yeah. uh, what do you guys think about um, books that you wish you were reading for the first time during COVID? Is there, is there something that springs to mind that um, you've read in your past? I know a lot of people are, are reading kind of pandemic fiction and, and some thrillers, but also some amazing books like Station Eleven. Um, what about books that, you know, kind of like Desert Island books, books you wish you were reading for the first time now? That is an excellent question, Ben. Really good. <laughs> I've sprung it on you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's I fun. kind of... Um... That's, that's something that I feel like a lot of the time. I don't need to be in a pandemic to um, to have those emotions. I just, I I don't love rereading books. There's And there's very few books that I've, uh, that I've reread. But um, for me, it's all about the classics. Like I'm constantly saddened by the fact that um, there's never going to be another Dickens novel that I haven't read. There's never going to be another Austen. Um, all of that kind of stuff is like it. May, it actually, I actually get quite angry when people don't want to read Dickens or Austen because I wish I was them and I hadn't read them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good answer. Um, <laughs> uh, for, for me, I would I would say it's probably like I, I would look to like fantasy or science fiction series. Uh, so I wish that I would be um, kind of discovering something like John Scalzi's Old Man's War series for the first time, because there's uh, like five or six books in that series. They're all relatively short and, and kind of easy to get through, and they're just like pure escapist fun. So I think if I, if I were to kind of answer that question off the top of my head, I'd say that or The Expanse uh, by James S.A. Corey, which is an awesome kind of Game of Thrones in space-esque uh, uh, novel series. Um, uh, I would love to be discovering that for the first time with kind of the time on my hands to, to get through it all really quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the time thing, isn't it? Um, that's 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 how I kind of reacted when someone asked me that question. I thought, you know, what book would I want to actually um, 
drown myself in with um, sort of no obligations on my time. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to have work at the moment uh, where a lot of people don't. So I'm actually very busy. Um, but there's a lot of people who are, are, are just um, totally immersing themselves in, in, in excellent books. Um, I was thinking of the things like Marcel Proust, you know, things you can just drown in and, and just uh, spend hours rereading the same sentence um, just for the pure joy of it. Um, that kind of wild classical reading, um, I think, is a I recommend. <laughs> That's where I'd like to be. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Ben. Um, what's been bringing you guys joy in isolation this week? Uh, Joe, let's go with you. Um, look, I have been getting a lot of joy out of seeing um, seeing the faces of people I haven't seen for a long time. So, um, you know, with with coronavirus restric- restrictions easing slightly, um, I was really, really, really happy to go and see my mother for the first time in um, a, quite a few weeks. Um, that was amazing. And I had one of my best mates over um, yesterday just um, reconnecting with people socially has been so awesome after a period of um, of um, not being able to see people um, and just like the things that I love to do, so cooking for people, you know, like just um, having someone over and putting out like a beautiful mm. place, plate, of, um, plate of fruit and some home-baked biscuits or, you know, showing up at someone's house with a gorgeous cake um, is something that makes me really happy. All this isolation cooking that I've been doing, I finally get to actually share it with other people. Delicious, as, as always. <laughs> um, my, my, parents, my parents also came over for a visit um, on the weekend, but we ordered Chinese food and half of it didn't come and I got a refund through Uber Eats. So that was my experience. <laughs> oh wow what a yeah foodie. well look i guess the um the hot tip is that you know when you cook it yourself um it arrives on time um i was um after after the previous podcast that we had uh with myself and shanu um i took her advice and bought a book called um nothing fancy by Alison roman which is all about um having people over and just without going overboard, just like throwing some stuff together. Um, and, yeah, I cooked a beautiful batch of cookies from from that book. Um, and I also took her amazing um, advice to serve fruit on ice, which is just such a delicious thing um, to serve, just a plate of beautiful cut-up fruit. And I, I tend to serve mine with like a, um, a Thai-style um, chilli salt, sugar lime combination um, for people to dip into and it's just such a lovely way to welcome people into your home and serve them yummy delicious snacks that are easy and take you know half an hour to whip up yeah um <laughs> funny the last time that you and Shanu were on the podcast and you were talking about about food and, and cooking my daughter um was in the room and um after we'd gotten offline she said i thought you guys were booktopia not cooktopia which i thought was a hilarious oh. ah, i see what she did there <laughs> Um, the other, uh, okay. And the other thing that I think is really exciting is because we've been watching this um, fantastic YouTuber called Nat's What I Reckon, right? And oh, Nat's wow. What I Reckon cooks. 
He's so hilarious and he cooks all of these um all of these things to show people that you don't have to buy like crappy packet food from the supermarket. You can cook really fresh, delicious food for yourself. Um and uh my friend's son wants to make a leg of lamb, so I think I'm gonna go over there and teach him how to do a uh, a roast, which is really, really cool thing that I'm looking forward to doing in the next couple of weeks. Are you going to swear as much as that's what I reckon when you when you do that? You've met me, Mark. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Uh, what about you, Ben? What's, what's brought you, Joey? <laughs> well, like Joe, I've, I've, I've had visitors for the first time. Um, so I, I saw my three-year-old niece um, on the weekend and... Uh, uh, we did some drawing together. Uh, we played frisbee, uh, which was just like rolling a frisbee or throwing it at the ground and then yelling at it um, in in pure joy. Um, the actual passing of frisbee, the frizzing didn't actually happen, but it was still lots of fun. Um, we did that thing. Uh, we walked to the park, and her mum got out that um, that bike that has no pedals that kids have. That's just oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a bike with no pedals that the kid just loves for about two minutes and then the parent carries for about half an hour. Um, so that was, she got a lot of joy out of that. Um, uh, so that was great. Um, I've also, um, uh, well, I can talk about this now because Booktopia is finally offering digital audiobooks um, as part of our suite of wonderful ways we uh, bring books into your lives. So you can buy CD audiobooks, or you can download them straight from our website now. And I've been uh, trying my hand at a bit of that. And in the audio sphere, I have a a quiet passion for massive world history stuff. Um, mm. So I've uh, uh, like I've been listening to um, all of the Sapiens books on audio. And I've also been getting into uh, Thomas Piketty, uh, who is this French Marxist historian who's done this huge, huge book of uh, world history through the lens of um, what he would call inequality regimes. And uh, he's done a a couple of huge um, books that kind of summarize the history of capital or capitalism as as an ideology. Um, before, but this one is uh, really interesting in that it is less Eurocentric and will look at ownership societies through the lens of um, India and, you know, the Hindu caste system or like Iran and the kind of theocracy meets capitalism and, and how do these all intersect and how do they work in opposition or like um, together with the kind of European model that we're more aware of. Um, so that's that's been uh, wetting my historical appetite. Brilliant. I, I love a good uh, I love a good nonfiction audiobook because it's just like listening to a really long uh, podcast episode that you just don't want it to end. It certainly is. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe and Ben, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your recommendations and the things that have been bringing you joy. Um, we also like to shout out to an Australian author um, at the end of our podcast. Ben, who are we going to shout out to today? Um, we're going to shout out Chris Flynn, um, an author I think we've talked about a little bit before. He's got this book called Mammoth, 
um, which is this highly lauded new book, which is narrated by a 13,000-year-old extinct woolly mammoth. Um, it's a bit bonkers. It's warm and funny and very unique. Um, and it is being lauded by all of these authors, um, Christos Jolkers, Tom Keneally, Fable Parrot, and um, remarkably, um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, the, <laughs> the, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, has, has taken this Australian literary novel from uh, a university press and, and just put it up on her Instagram and, and, and shouted it out to the world and said, everyone go and read this book. So I'm hoping it's going to be the next big thing. Excellent. That sounds great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dan. Um, you can listen to all of our episodes for free on SoundCloud and iTunes, and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with another episode of The Daily Dystopia. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.